This video is brought to you by the official Flashy Instagram. Follow Flashy Magazine for updates on pop culture, reviews on music, and so much more. Fame is an unusual concept. Although culture builds it up to seem like this object of possession that is really glamorous and desirable, when you really sit down to think about it, it's an awfully twisted idea. Just imagine having your whole life viewed from the public eye, essentially becoming a commodity for people's entertainment. Your personal life and business life intertwined so deeply till you can't tell the difference and in most cases hit a breaking point. Then the people patiently watch as the person they set up for success comes crumbling to their downfall. But hey, don't get me wrong. Being famous is nothing to pity on. There is an undeniable hierarchy in the Western world where famous people get to be at the top, away from the average person's problems. I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is that fame is a really complex concept, a concept I don't think people really give enough attention to. However, if I were to think of something that expanded the conversation on fame, I'd think of Lady Gaga's debut album, ironically called The Fame. In 2008, Lady Gaga presented a developed commentary on the societal obsession of fame and the consequences it has, all while becoming one of the most iconic and best-selling pop artists of all time. In this video, I'm going to be analyzing Lady Gaga's rise to fame, as well as the philosophy on celebrity culture held in her debut album. Let's get into it. Stephanie Germanata, professionally known as Lady Gaga, was born in New York City on March 28, 1986. Both of her parents are of Italian descent, and she describes her childhood as one filled with classical music and theater. At the tender age of four, Gaga's mother pressured her into playing piano, to which she states she got good at quite quickly. Gaga continued to mature her musical talents while in high school, she was joining bands, auditioning for plays, doing open mic nights, and taking vocal lessons. Gaga has stated that high school was a traumatizing experience for her. Her peers were cruel, calling her derogatory names, making fun of her dreams, and even at one point throwing her into a dumpster. It was a tough time for her, but Gaga studied hard in school, and she was disciplined enough to get early admissions into a competitive acting university. However, in her sophomore year, Gaga decided to drop out of university to finally chase her dreams of superstardom. Her parents let her move out and gave her a time span of one year to secure a record deal. After leaving college, Gaga moved into an apartment on the Lower East Side of New York and began hustling for a music career. She decided to put a band together comprised of people that believed in her talent. They would usually play local nightclubs, and Gaga would sing lead with her piano. That is, till one day, Gaga was scouted and put into contact with producer Rob Fasari. Fasari saw the potential and drive in Gaga, and they began creating demos together. Rather than continuing with the rock sound she built with her band, Gaga started to incorporate pop melodies into her music. In 2006, Gaga's hard work looked like it was starting to pay off when she got signed by Def Jam's chairman, L.A. Reid. Unfortunately, three months later, L.A. Reid felt that he didn't understand her as an artist anymore and dropped her from the label, 
leaving Gaga heartbroken. Nonetheless, she continued to make demos, and a manager urged her to collaborate with producer Red One, a collaborator she would work with for the bulk of her debut album. It was also around this time Gaga was introduced into the world of burlesque shows and go-go dancing, after seeing a performance from Lady Starlight. The two of them instantly clicked, and they decided to start playing shows together. After seeing one of their performances, record executive Vincent Herbert signed Gaga to his record label, Streamline Records. This eventually led to a major record contract with Interscope. Following being signed to Interscope Records, Gaga flew to Los Angeles to complete the remaining part of her album. She also took this time to create her behind-the-scenes team, known as the House of Gaga. Lady Gaga's debut album, The Fame, was released on August 19, 2008. The album is a collection of upbeat EDM dance songs that undeniably created a major shift in the pop music scene. After Gaga dropped this one project, European dance music started to flood the charts. Music that was considered to be for the club became synonymous with the radio. It was truly a game-changing project. But I think the true significance of this album lies in the content it discusses. The 15-song tracklist is a commentary on Western culture's obsession with fame, or at least what we all believe fame to be. Songs like Just Dance, Money Honey, and Starstruck highlight the party and materialistic side of fame we often see portrayed in the media. And that probably doesn't make too much sense to you because fame culture has died down a lot in 2020. But you have to understand how prominent fame culture was in 2008. It was the times of Paris Hilton's reality TV and famous for, well, being famous. The way you gained fame was no longer from doing movies or singing, but it was if you knew how to manipulate the media properly. Socialites wanted to be captured by the paparazzi at all the supposed wrong times so that they would be on the first page of the tabloids and become the most talked about person. The prime example of this type of media whoring are the Kardashians. They weren't the first people to learn how to manipulate the media, but they were surely the best ones at it. Instead of becoming puppets, they learned how to make the media their puppet and build enough hype to promote their brands. But Gaga also wasn't the first person to comment on celebrities and media culture. A lot of the ideas and concepts she used for the album can be traced to the work of Andy Warhol. For those of you who don't know, Andy was an American artist and a leading figure in the art pop movement of the 1960s. He created a variety of art pieces on different subjects, but his most notable art were his celebrity pieces, in which he questioned the functionality of fame in a mass society. His most iconic and famous screen painting was that of actress Marilyn Monroe. For a large part of her career, people cared more about her crumbling personal life than her work life. Her divorces were highly publicized events, and she struggled with a variety of mental health issues. Andy was fascinated by the glamorous depiction of the celebrity lifestyle and how we hold them to a certain level of immortality. That is, until they actually die. And then we remember, oh yeah, they're human. The concept of the media and mass public waiting for the downfall of a celebrity they built up 
happens till this day. It's called cancel culture. Lady Gaga exemplified this with how she ended the fame era, the 2009 MTV VMA performance. While passionately singing her song Paparazzi, at the end of her performance, she starts to bleed. And while the audience cheerfully reacts, she plunges to her death, essentially giving the mass public exactly what they always wanted, the death of a celebrity. The way I want to end this video is just with my final thoughts on fame culture, partly because this album got me thinking a lot about the idea of fame in a contemporary society and how I don't really think it exists at all today. Fame is no longer this entity held by one source of power. You don't need a record label or a big movie to become famous. Fame is everywhere. It's omnipresent. Today, people get famous for eating, doing makeup, or just having a bad attitude. But the point still remains. Fame has been distributed to the masses, to the people. Social media has formed a place for micro-celebrities to thrive, and the ability for anyone to make a name for themselves. And as great as that has all been, I think to a certain extent, social media has erased the glamorous facade celebrities have been holding on to for so long. There aren't too many celebrities, I'd say, have that sense of mystique and wow factor about them. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, well, I think that's subjective. And I'd love to hear your answer down below. Do you believe that social media has helped or hindered celebrity culture? That's all I've got for this video. Thank you so much for watching. And if you enjoyed this video, please make sure to hit the subscribe button and don't forget to hit the notifications. It really helps this channel grow and lets me know that you guys enjoy these videos. Now, thank you for watching and I'll see you with the next one real soon.